0: left off from last week slash five minutes ago um, about uh, talking about leadership. I So you know that I am obsessed with the Gallup-Clifton Strengths Assessment, which you still have not taken, but you will eventually love it too. And I was reading a book about leadership by Jim Clifton. I suppose it's attributed to him, but it's all Gallup research. Um, and I actually thought that you might really like a lot of what they came up with, because in many ways it aligns with a lot of the stuff that you've been saying all along. And to pat myself on the back, it aligns with the way that I managed to. So we are definitely in agreement on this. One of the things I thought was really interesting is they said this book came out in 2019, so it does not have the uh, dumpster fire of the last 18 months included in it, but it still reflects exactly where we all are. The book is called It's the Manager, as in, like, it's the manager's fault, they say in here 70% of the variance in team engagement is determined solely by the manager. All of it comes down to management, which I thought was, like, I mean, I I don't know. I, obviously, 70% is really, really significant. But the reason, you're going to love this, the reason that they say that that's so important is because um the number of publicly listed companies on the US exchange has been nearly cut in half in the last 20 years so there used to be 7300 companies and now it's down to 3700 right on the Nasdaq and the, and the exchange and so so they're like you know everyone's everyone's growth strategy has just been to acquire competitors as opposed to selling to existing customers, which is your stump speech. So they have the math to back that up. And then they say the manager of, of any given team is accountable for 70% of how that team performs in the effort of actually selling more to existing customers. Because eventually you can't just keep buying competitors. Like, you know, like, like the, the NASDAQ can't go down to three companies, you know, it's not, it's gonna go out the door. And I was so happy. I was so happy for you when I read that because it really, you know, yeah, it really backs up. Yeah, it really backs up exactly what you've been saying. But as customers,
1: you can get three things, right? (laughs) Right,
0: right. You can get more business, and you can get new customers, and then there's lapsed customers, so you can reawaken them. Are those the three? Please, God.
1: The the three things that a customer brings to the table is money, Mm. referrals, and more money. And more money. Whereas a prospect can only bring you. Their money.
0: Yeah. So I thought you'd be super excited about that.
1: I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about bad things with leadership uh-huh. and this. But before we do, can I tell a couple of good, like, before I say how bad I was and, bad, and, and things I did wrong, can I tell a <laughs> couple of good leadership stories?
0: Yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, major brownie points from everybody for defending your employee who was on maternity leave, who you were like, she wants to do four instead of two I've got her back. A A plus plus for you on that one.
1: Well, well, thank you. But that's the way it should be. I, I don't. I don't I look agree. at that like it's any better or any. I. I think that's that's the no, way. No, that's it should exactly be. the and,
0: way that it should be, and it's not the way that we roll in America. So, and and,
1: and you should stand by. Listen, I'll, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories where I had a um, an employee. It's so hard because I I, I don't want to. This is not a show to call out people. Right. But let's see if I can get it get it across. I had an employee who I was leading a group, and there was the the big boss CEO, and uh, the the big boss CEO came to me one day and said, um, "One of your guys was talking to one of my contacts, and and you know he he really stepped out of line." And and he should not be talking to my contacts. The story is not as good as if I told it the real way, but I'm going to try. Okay. <laughs> yes. So so I said, well, please explain it to me. Well, you know, during this this particular situation, the contact was being escorted around by this this employee of yours. And he was, you know, doing X, doing Y, doing Z. And 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 when the contact came back to me, they were raving about him, saying how wonderful he was, and and how he he did this for me, he did that for me, and and that that employee was taking all the credit for all the things that I put into place.
0: Oh.
1: And I said,
0: that's so shitty.
1: <laughs> I said hello. This,
0: yeah. I, I can't said, believe this complaint.
1: <laughs> I said. All it is is a direct reflection on you in your leadership. Of course. He's not getting the credit. You are. Yeah, he may be getting it directly, but that means you're getting the credit. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Your employees cannot take the credit for what I have put oh, together. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: And he actually wanted me to fire the guy.
0: Stop it right now. I'm telling you. I wouldn't know how to survive in this world. I don't know how to survive in and this so world. And so
1: here's what I said to him. I'm not going to fire him because before I fire him, I'm going to quit. And then you'll <laughs> have to fire him. Yeah. Because there's no way I'm firing a guy for doing his job. Yeah. And and oh we God. got into a little kind of like, you know, this for that. And, <laughs> and uh, so to speak, <laughs> it ended up it ended up where he was like, fine, but tell him that he's he's got to be more conscious that it's, it's me who put this all together and uh. that it's, it's me that he should be touting and it's not him that should be getting the credit.
0: That's garbage.
1: And I was ready to quit on the spot. Yeah, and I'm I'm not lying. I was ready to quit.
0: I I would be too. It, it's it's hard to stomach because that's really that's such a comment on the culture there. You know, that oh my god,
1: it was awful. It was it was just it it was just so eye opening and 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 uh, I I didn't stay with that company much longer. Anyway, How could so. you? How no, could no, you? No. So. So I get another one. And that was early, early, earlier. I wasn't even in my career. That was that was like when I was uh, younger and um, before I really got gone. But I get another one for you. Well, you know what?
0: Hold on. Hold on. Three seconds. I also think that it's important. And this is also kind of based on some of the stuff that I was reading and thinking about and thinking about the people that I manage and the kinds of kids that I work with. There's a lot of generational values to come into this. And so time and place actually informs some of the things that we're talking about. So if you're because generational values change, you know, like speaking of the greatest generation, That is a that was a a value system that they all that that generation would have had no matter what in terms of meaning and coming together and building something. And then generations follow kind of a four generation pattern and swing far across the pendulum back and forth. Right. So at any given time, if you're talking about somebody like that guy versus some young employee it's actually kind of a different person and a different expectation if we're talking about something that happened in eighty eight versus something that happened last month. And whenever possible, it would be interesting to kinda to, to bring that into play. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, this was this was uh pre like pre Korea. It was back in the eighties. So um it was a different world. It was a different world. But I see that still happening, I would imagine mm-hmm. that particular uh Example would happen again. Yeah, well,
0: the assholes don't seem to be generationing themselves out, do they?
1: Hey, it's funny you <laughs> mentioned that. Were that a thing? <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I, I, um, I just started re-watching Mad Men, mm. and it's funny because you're talking about generational, you know, when the timing is mm-hmm. when that first came out in the in in the two thousands. Mm-hmm. I watched it, and I, you know, I, I thought it was a really interesting show, good writing. It was a little slow, but even that worked. And and I, I like the show. I'm watching it now and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. I can't believe they talk to women that way. Oh yeah. I mean it's so it's so blatant. Mm-hmm. I mean it, it was i mean I know it was written that way to prove a point, right? It's written that way to prove a point. Right,
0: but we've come so far even in the last fifteen or twenty years that even seeing it now you notice it even more amplified. Oh which my we, go- it's a perfect oh it's a that, perfect illustration of yes, of that right. was. That's my whole point when I first watched that it. I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean
1: I got I got it, but it didn't it wasn't as heavy as it yeah. is right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I brought that up, you know, not just not not just for even for me, too, but also because uh, millennials, I am not a millennial. You are not a millennial, but millennials, Gen Z, they have a different way of of navigating the world and and a different kind of value system that actually kind of reflects the greatest generation, if you could believe that. But but those people are going to respond differently than other people. And so you kind of have to kind of have to layer that in. Hit me I with another story.
1: It, I think you're right. So so I wanted to tell that particular story even if even though it was a little coded. I wanted to tell that story because it depicted me standing up to a so-called leader on behalf of someone who worked for me and I think that's the epitome of what a leader should be doing well, yeah, always. Yeah, it's good management. C- kind of like right. kind of like the um you know looking out looking out for the young lady who was who was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, now we talk so much that I don't remember if I uh, uh, if I've told this story on our show or not. So if I did, I'm not going to tell it again. So have I ever told a story when I sent the kid back from the Super Bowl?
0: Mm, I don't think so. Okay,
1: good. So um, this is this is a little bit uh, harsher leadership story. We were we were at the Super Bowl and. Um, we all worked pretty hard at the Super Bowl. This, this was the the third Super Bowl in Jacksonville. And it was our third run, my third run at it. And, and so things were really much more buttoned up. We had a whole book on how to run the show and, uh, you know, run marketing and trips and all the things that we did.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody had a responsibility. And we flew people in on the Thursday from the staff. That we brought in everybody. I mean, For those I of mean, you who don't
0: know, the Super Bowl is on Sunday.
1: That's right. So, so <laughs> I would fly down the Sunday before or the Monday, depending when the team went down, with with a smaller group of people to get things up and start to get up and running, mm-hmm. um, set up the marketing office, start getting things going, and doing all the things we needed to do.
0: Where'd you run that out of? Out of the hotel? Did it you was have out like of the a... hotel,
1: right? Right out of the hotel. In okay. this particular case, we were at the the World. Um, golf. It was in it was in, in St Augustine, Florida, mm-hmm. the World Golf Something or St
0: Augustine. There. That's okay. So like it's St Augustine for those of us. <laughs> yeah, in sorry, born. St Augustine. Sorry, St <laughs> Augustine.
1: I'm a it's Catholic. Fine. It's fine. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, we across around. Yeah, the I mix. was just
0: super. I was super curious. Just you know, how do you run that? Now? Do you, so do you have like a ballroom? I'm not getting yeah, you off so, yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that right. There's do? all these
1: different ballrooms that you make into offices and all these other things. Okay, and, cool. So is we fly the rest of the staff down on the Thursday Mm -hmm. and they uh, all have, you know, we, we have a welcome party, there's clients. And what I typically do is I say, you know, they have fun and that first night and I say, we're going to have a meeting at eight o'clock tomorrow. Everybody show up here and then we'll get, everybody will get their assignments. Mm -hmm. So
0: I'm already worried.
1: Eight (laughs) o'clock. I know where this is going. Eight o'clock in the morning comes. And I have 40 employees working for me and 39, 39 of
0: them are there. Right.
1: Mm. And so one one isn't there. So I go to his direct boss and I say, Joey, uh, I'm not, and again, I don't want to out the kid. I mean, most people know this story, but I'm not going to out him on, on, Ray, on the, the podcast. <laughs> on the national radio. Because he's a good kid. <laughs> I mean, he's not a bad kid. He's just, you know, he, people just make mistakes, tired. right? So, so um, <laughs> he... I said, you go get so-and-so, and, and he better be here in 10 minutes. Otherwise, he's going home. Yeah. And so uh, he wasn't there in 10 minutes. So I got my assistant, Lola, at the time, and I said, go go book a flight for so-and-so. Oh, my
0: God. And get him
1: ready. And, and uh, I went to his boss, and I said, Lola booked him a flight. Send him home. Now, all these folks work hard, and the Super Bowl is like a payoff. And mm-hmm. and this kid worked hard all year long, too. I mean, it wasn't like he didn't work. But unfortunately in life, when you make mistakes, there's consequences. Mm. And so I sent him home and he missed all the Super Bowl festivities. Oh,
0: my God. All right. So let me ask you something. First of all, my Apple Watch is telling me that my heart rate is spiking. <laughs> I'm so upset about this. So, did you do this to make a point to him or make a point to the team, like the rest of the team or both?
1: I did it to send shockwaves across the organization. Okay. So, the whole thing. Had that been
0: brewing for a while? Had had things been loosey goosey?
1: There's, you know what, sometimes, again, sometimes you have to reset the pins. And so, uh, you know. Listen, it might not have been his first infraction, so and and by the way he might not have been the only one uh-huh. but you have to make a statement right sometimes in in life when you're a leader there has to be hard decisions yeah we're just
0: doing a show about leadership so i was wondering what what it was that that provoked that kind of decision because it is a major statement and, and it, I, it, you know i'm i'm just wondering like is that a message to other people or is that a comment to the individual or yeah, you know oh know. yeah
1: no i mean it's all, all of the above right okay. it, it was a message to the kid to get back in line it was a message to the to my group that we we don't I won't tolerate that. Mm-hmm. And it's a message to the rest of the organization mm-hmm. that we don't mess around. Yeah. And so I I will tell you that it did the ripples went through the entire organization. Yeah. In fact, the crafts were like thought they thought I was they thought it was a god. Really? They were like, that is amazing. I mean that is just that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. I mean in and, and I might be paraphrasing, but that was a uh, when when people don't you know it's a business trip, right? If you don't show up to work, you shouldn't you shouldn't be. A, and so, here's what I would tell you: You think anybody else missed any more meetings? Uh, no, no. And 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 I, I at a later point, I think uh, Belichick sent a player too home as well. Really? Now I'm not saying he took my lead; he probably would have did it anyway, but. Again, I look at Belichick. We we didn't we didn't see eye to eye, but he's a great leader. Yeah, that's what you do if a player is not is is misbehaving and not falling into line. Send them home. Yeah. So it 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 definitely and I I in the story is is legendary. People know about it, and and some people may have thought I was a jerk, and maybe I was too harsh, and some people may have thought, "Holy God, he's the real deal." And I I look at it this way. I represented the organization. We are on a business trip. And that that was what needed to be done.
0: You know, my dad's a military guy. But he said uh, he's got some quote that he throws around that basically says, you're screwed if the enemy knows you have no stomach. And th- that seems like that's what's going down here is that you have to, people have to know that you have the nerve when push comes to shove to make that choice. And there's a lot of people that that don't have that. It's hard. No, no,
1: no. This, that this, this, this when you're a leader, it's not for the faint at heart, right? It, it's, <laughs> it's 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 you have to make tough decisions, and you know, it, it as as a as a father and as a friend, and and as a as somebody who I I felt bad about that. I mean, people mm-hmm. think, oh, he's he's cold and heartless. Yeah, you're that not gloating
0: about it. Yeah,
1: I, I I felt bad about it, and but it needed to be done. Uh-huh and and it's um it's just part of being a leader and, yeah. and so that's that's another one now now that I patted myself on the back a couple of times let's <laughs> let's bring me back down to the ground because I have been a bad leader at times and did some some shitty things okay right? and and so I don't mind I don't mind bringing it up because you learn from your mistakes okay so I'll, I'll start easy right I'll start easy the one easy thing is when I left the Patriots to start Trinity one, what i what i wanted to do was to have the staff be closer and more like a family and and less of the feeling of um of a caste system cuz at the patriots there is kind of a caste system depending mm-hmm. on if you're a vice president you're at a higher i mean it's a bigger corporation and mm-hmm. and i wanted to make it a little bit more one for all and all for one
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so I spent a lot of time trying to be friends with my employees, oh. going out with them, hanging out with them, you know, and and it was a huge mistake. It was a huge mistake because when you're friends with your employees, mm-hmm. it's just like when you're friends with your kids.
0: Mm. It doesn't work.
1: Your job isn't to be your kids' friends. Yeah. Your jo- How can you discipline somebody? If you're hanging out, having drinks with them, and and being an idiot like they're being an idiot, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I and 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 I get out. I, we'd go out. We'd all get kind of we we get lit up once in a while together, sure. more than once in a while. Run run and f- have fun and play and 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 it's a mistake. You can't do that stuff. You just can't. I mean. You can, but I think it's a huge mistake, and I think I was a bad leader for it, and I think it hurt us overall. Because, and and my intentions were not bad. My intentions were: let's make it a family, let's make it more. We're all in this together. We're friends, and and you know we had some fun times, and it worked. But there was times when when we had to focus that it the hammer wasn't as heavy. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, because you put the hammer down.
1: Because I put I didn't put the hammer down the right way. Yeah. I, I laid it to the side instead of putting <laughs> the hammer down.
0: <laughs> right, right. Do you think right? there's ever a time for that? You know, like on the annual company trip or whatever? Do you think this is a practice or this is a categorical no?
1: I think it's a cat in this day and age. It's a category. If you're the no. CEO,
0: do not drink with your employees. No, I mean, I not even to be that specific, but I, but I do also do. I, I don't do. think
1: you. I don't think you can be friends with them. I don't think you can hang with them. You got to be nice and you got to be respectful, and you got to. You know what you do at a company outing? You show up, you make a speech, and you leave.
0: That's bad I, news to a lot I, of people.
1: <laughs> I, I just, I just think that it's, it's, it's in a no-win situation. Because now, again, it's it's, and and I I know there's I don't people disagree. Who, I know there's people who will disagree with me because yeah. they think, well, you gotta you gotta get in there." And now, I think there's plenty of ways to build relationships with people. I don't think you need to be there. So there's a difference. Okay, you can build relationships, but you can't be their buddies. You can't be their friends. You know, it's probably not a bad idea. Once you have a drink with somebody nice, and you, know, you have a nice chat, and you in and you lay your guard down a little bit, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't try to be their friends mm-hmm. because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna backfire. Yeah, and so I think that was a huge mistake that I made. Um, and I I would I would I I'm not, I, in in at Tentacle, Nick and I have gone out and had, have had a drink and had Christmas parties with our employees. But it's, it's very, very professional. It's not like, you know, at Trinity One, we'd line up shots and do shots. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was, it was more like a, it was more like um, college (laughs) at times, right? It was more like college at times. Um, And, and, and I look back and I said, uh, "That's um, it's my fault, right? Because I'm the lead. You know, I'm in charge. I'm the leader. And you lose I, control.
0: I, you lose accountability.
1: It, it you lose, lose lot of
0: locomotion.
1: There was a lot, of, and, and I, I, I um, and I regret it yeah. because the, it, it just it's it's you know that's not the way that's not the way you, you lead, and and uh, you know." Because it ends, would, up, it ends
0: up kind of engendering permissiveness.
1: It does, it does, and so I, 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 um, you know, and I do think that you know the staff there was respect, and then but here's the thing: it, it wanes, it fades, and it, and and it, you blur the lines, and those blurred lines, that's not good. That's just not good. So, that's that's um, I would I would say that's one of my bad leadership stories, and 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 I would want people to learn from it. Don't be their friends. Don't blur the lines. You're the leader. Be the leader. Yeah. You know, have uh, you can show them you can show them a little vulnerability, but um I wouldn't go too deep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree. And so that's to me, that's that's being a bad leader. Now
0: do you have another one?
1: I can jump to the next thing. So that's being friends. The yeah. other thing I was terrible at in the beginning was the leadership ego. Okay. <laughs> I was an ego maniac at one no. point. No. <laughs> you might even still think I am, but I'm I'm so much I'm so much milder <laughs> and gentler now. <laughs> I, I I I am definitely more retrospective and, and thoughtful in how I listen. I I I am very comfortable and confident in my ability, but I think now I push my ego aside a lot more. You know, it may not be a hundred percent. I mean, who's gonna? No, you can't ask for a hundred percent. Maybe you can, but I. I when, well your ego
0: you, ego it contributes to confidence to trust in yourself you know ego is not necessarily completely evil you know
1: No it's not it's not but I'll tell you two stories that um that show my ego right One was when I was with the Patriots Okay da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> Um we just and, and by the way I wasn't wrong in the story, <laughs> I wasn't wrong, but I handled it wrong. There's a difference, right?
0: Yes, yeah. I
1: was not wrong, <laughs> but I handled it wrong.
0: Uh, yeah, which is so, what the topic of the show is about. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> I we had just opened the stadium, uh-huh. and you know we were running a hundred miles an hour. I mean, how we all didn't you know go to shrinks and in in and, and be put into funny farms? I don't know because the stress level was like at a you know, if 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 one is the lowest and 100 is the highest, the stress level was at 750. Sure. Right? Yeah. Because you're opening up a stadium. It's the first time we've ever done such a thing. We're all working hard. We're all overtired. You know, it's just the stress level was high, high, high. And I handle stress pretty good. And it was high, 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 uh-huh. high, high. And some people might say I don't because I've, I've exploded plenty. I mean, I've yelled at people and exploded and <laughs> and and cursed people off, and, and that's that's not the way to do it either. Um, but in this particular case, we were at a game. It's game day. Uh, I'm down on the field with a client, a big client, by the way, um, $2.5 million annually client for uh-huh. 10 years, so yeah. it was a big client. Uh-huh. And um, we go in. We go to the normal elevators, and the um, they're jammed. You just and I wanted to get this guy up to his suite, so I said, "Follow me." So I ran over to the press elevator, and I said, I started to get on the press elevator, and the the security guard said to me, "You don't have your credential." Oh no. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I left it. I left it in the in the suite, but you know who I am. I just want to bring him up to, no, I can't let you in.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I said, are you kidding me? You know who I am. It's not like it's a question. I mean, this is the new stadium. I've been around a long time. He knew who I was. He goes, I know who you are, but I can't let you up because you don't have the right credential.
0: Oh, my God.
1: So not And he only... couldn't.
0: And he couldn't in his defense.
1: No, 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 no. He could. I was the CMO of the team, Okay. There was no reason for him not to let me up.
0: What if you you know the what if he what if you had just gotten fired? If you had just gotten fired, you wouldn't be a client. Okay, I'm back on. I'm on I'm back at square one with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So at the but at the end of the day, (laughs) I have a client. He saw me with a client, he knew who who I was, he knew I was a CMO. he 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 took his job to the limit. Okay. Sometimes, you know, like the government <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, there's no, they, flexibility. There's no flexibility. And he, mm-hmm. he showed no, he should have, again, it's kind of like that situation where he was decisive the wrong way. Yeah. Right. He should have been like, I'm, cause I said to him, you know, I'm with a client right now. Yeah. And so the guy didn't, the guy was, you know, boom, no, 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 no. So the next day, I was first of all. I was unhappy. So you didn't get. So you didn't
0: get on the elevator.
1: No, I did not. Okay. The next day, I went to the head of security, and I said, "Either he's fired, or I'm walking down to the crafts, and you're fired."
0: Oh my god! What is this? A movie? Oh my god!
1: Right now, that's all ego, right? That's all ego. Uh I could have went to the guy and said, "Listen." I, he did his job, but uh, you know, this is unacceptable because I was with the client and which I did, but I did it in a, in a really nasty way. (laughs) And, 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 um, the head of security fired the guy.
0: Oh my God. That was space for violins. (laughs) So
1: I'm not, I'm not proud of the fact that the guy got fired. Um, and I'm now in in retrospect, I, I, I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Even though he was he was kind of stupid to do what he did. Um I But he's the feel,
0: security guy at the elevator.
1: It, it, well, that's why I feel bad, right? That's why yeah. I feel bad. So so that's where ego is the bad ego, right? Bad Lou. That's where the ego um you know is not good as a leader. What as a leader when he said no right away, I shouldn't have made a deal at it even then. I should have just said, hey, Bob, come with me. I got another way. Just, you know, and then address it afterwards and say, listen. Yeah. You know, go to the head of security and say, hey, I understand he's doing his job, but I was with the client. He, he could have made things easier for me. And and, and what, what came out of it was uh, the head of security was very smart. He created a book. He put all the crafts pitches in the book. He put Andy Wozniak. He put me and he put a couple other executives and basically said, whatever they tell you to do, do. But as soon as they do it, they tell you to do it. You tell me.
0: That's good protocol.
1: Good protocol. And so and,
0: that's great leadership because that's teaching people how they're allowed to break
1: the rules. Oh, Mark, uh, Mark, Mark was a great leader and the head of security. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, we actually got, a, we got along. I liked him a lot. I thought he did a nice job. And, um, I, I think he was uh he wanted it to be tight he wanted it to be right ex-military guy you know i i think um you know uh, again i handled that wrong and, and and fortunately over the course of time i think i handled a bunch of things right so you know people get people give you a little a little la- a little leeway and a little slack um now the funny thing is I think a lot of people are like yeah go Lou right screw him and, and, uh, really? Oh yeah. I think, well, remember now this was in the early late nineties or uh, it actually it was 2000. I started in the late nineties. It was like 2001. So a lot of people, yeah, I'm sure that, uh, first of all, my staff at my department, they're like, yeah, they, they, they wanted, they loved, my staff loved the fact that marketing, like, that they had me, like, protecting protecting them and pushing the issue and that they were an elite department in the group. Now, that may not be how the country runs now or how companies run now, but mm-hmm. back then they they took pride in that. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. There was, like, you know, we, we, there was no Christmas parties or holiday parties in the organization at one point, but we had them
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I just, I would just, Say, let's have a holiday party
0: do you think that kind of acts act, could uh, foment some sort of like tribalism that might not people not be might not be so excited about now is that what you're getting at
1: Well there was huge tribalism at the Patriots at that time I don't know if it's that way now it probably isn't that way now but all the departments were kind of you know pitted against each other because I don't know if it was the the, the
0: how does that bring the company forward?
1: Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know if it was the, I think it probably was. It was part of the strategy of of the ownership and leadership to have people underneath push each other. So there was some tribalism and it worked. I got to tell you, the the proof is in the pudding. Okay. The amount of work, see, see every every situation is different. Mm Mm-hmm. And so in some companies, you'd be like, well, you know, that's just counterproductive. Yeah. There was so much work and so much change that had to be done that pitting leaders against leaders, I think, motivated everybody.
0: Do you think that that worked better just even because in such a literal derivative way of thinking about it, but because you were at an organization that even was competitive in and of itself – that that kind of that reflection made
1: sense. Yeah. I mean, I think there's industries. This is the funny part. I think there's industries that, you know, if this was fidelity, it never would happen. Right. Yeah. That's, not, that's what I'm know, saying
0: is like if I, if we're doing it since we're on a leadership show, I, I immediately I'm like, well, so how do you think about when that kind of tribalism is actually positive and when it actually works at cross purposes with the the larger goal of the organization?
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a. I don't think it's there's a company a cri- culture
0: thing, you know.
1: Right, I don't think there's a cookie cutter way to run a company. I, I don't think there's a right way necessarily. It's only this way. I think there's probably many ways, and depending on the industry, you know, radio and television and 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 broadcasting in general was a little bit rougher than you know th- than public companies like Fidelity or hospitals and stuff like that, mm. where it's a little bit more. Um, I don't know, kinder the accountability, and gentler. Because
0: the accountability structure is different and more and more
1: public? Yeah, I, I think definitely that's part of it. I, I mean, at the Patriots at the time, again, the Patriots organization might be v- more corporate now than when I was there. When I was there, it was a billion dollar family business. And, mm-hmm. and there was a lot, and the departments definitely were competitive against each other. And I believe that helped people rise to the occasion or they got they got cut loose
0: yeah that's wild i i would not be able to run a successful company if i pitted people that work with me against each other it wouldn't it wouldn't go well but i think that's because we have to have a completely different vibe because of this sort of because it's a consultancy you know and it's a consultancy that works with children and with anxious families you know, so the the feel has to have a completely different thing. I think it's really interesting to kind of to pick those ideas apart.
1: Yeah, you no, know, it's different. It's, the different type of industries and verticals require a different type of listen. The army requires a different type of leadership than a business.
0: Do you have a? Do you say that? Would you say that you hire competitive people?
1: Yeah, I I literally don't hire for talent. I hire for for the personality and what they're all about
0: and and competitiveness is one of those things.
1: I think so. I think, you know, we especially at the Patriots, I, you know, and again, remember it's a football team, and so it, it the whole nature is about wins and losses mm-hmm. and and you know, we we were you know, marketing. We uh, the funny thing is I think a lot of the other departments hated us. <laughs> and we loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not lying. We we lo- and and you know, I'm not going to speak for every last person in the organ in the in the group because yeah. there's probably people who didn't. In fact, there were people that I that probably I didn't hire that were were legacies that probably didn't like that style. Yeah. But I loved it. I I loved that other departments hated me. I I, I reveled in it That's so because funny. I don't because get
0: that at all
1: <laughs> if if that because we were everything we were touching and doing was successful. And here's, here's another, I mean, this is funny because this is, this is, this is, I don't think, it's not who I am today. Uh And I don't think it's necessarily good, a good expansive leadership, but it's good pocket leadership. What
0: is that? And and here's what what I mean
1: by that. So, so when, I would literally rub all our wins in other departments' faces. Like I would like tout it and I would be like, yep. And I I would be, I'd say like everybody works for marketing. I was obnoxious, okay? Uh I was obnoxious. Uh But I was obnoxious in a way that motivated my staff. And so the leadership in the pocket of marketing was spot on, right? It got them all jacked up. They knew I was behind them. I was telling, like, I'd be like, "It was like color down. wars at camp." That's right. I, I. That's right. That's right. I'd be walking down the hallway saying, "That's it, Mariani. Closed a million bucks. Go, baby!" And like I'd be walking around like yelling in the in the, but but that's kind of the what you needed because you had a, you know, these people were working day and night in order to open a building. Yeah, and so I I I had seen some other departments start kind of ratcheting it up the same way and it's funny (laughs) this is gonna sound wrong (laughs) but the leaders of the other departments who were terrible hated us the leaders of the other department who liked us they rose to the occasion and they did a good job and it wasn't like it was like more there was two kinds of competition there was the that that competition where you know it's friendly and you know even though it's competitive you're in it together and then it's the competition like oh i hate those guys right and so i i'd love you know what i'd love to do is i'd love to interview everybody on from other departments to see how much they hated us all in retrospect
0: yeah i mean that's also that's also like a personality type thing but there it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to point out that the people that that hated you were also people that just weren't performing as well. you know I mean that's a that's a I jealousy used to say situation. there was there was
1: this one kid who worked in the charitable side and and I used to tell everybody in my department, you see him every time he cashes a paycheck, he's stealing from the organization.
0: oh my God, Ugh.
1: He's stealing from the organization because he does no work. He contributes nothing. I said, "You got to earn your paycheck." I used to say, and and by the way, that's one thing that that particular person, even though I'm mellower and and milder now, I still believe he was stealing from the organization by cashing a paycheck because there's a lot of lazy people out there that don't work and should get fired. Uh huh. I think there are some people you have to admit that should get fired. Sure, right, right. He sure. was one of them
0: people don't like the work.
1: I hate I, I it's funny because I discriminate in one way in one way only. Are you a hard worker or are you a not a hard worker? Mm. I have no use for lazy people. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else about you. uh you know what your what's your religion, what your what's your creed, what's your culture, what anything. If you're a hard worker, I love you. If you're lazy, I have no interest in you.
0: It's super frustrating. I can understand that.
1: So I, again, but I, I think if I would have to do it all over again,
0: uh-huh.
1: I would I would be much more strategic. I would be less. You know, I think Mr. Kraft said to me one time, you know, you don't have to run your department like you're a mafia don. Mm-hmm. And he was right. That's mm-hmm. and that's how again. I think that I might have been, I was, I was heavy. I definitely was, I was much heavier on how I did things than I would do it now. Well, you, you know
0: what? You'd be leading a different, a different generation of people. You know if you if you had a team full of millennials and and Gen Z, and I don't have the you know, we say millennials, and it's become like a joke to be, you know, making fun of millennials. I don't mean that at all. I just mean if you have a team full of of millennials and and people that are part of Gen Z, those people don't work for a paycheck. They work for a purpose. That's their that's their complete zeitgeist. And you can't. You can't rally those people by trying to make them competitive because they have a different generational culture, which I'm sure is part of what you've even like subconsciously adjusted to.
1: Yeah, no, I I would even but here's what I would say, even if if it was the same time period and I was who I am now compared to who I am then, mm-hmm. I would run it differently. I I think there's a way to accomplish we accomplished a lot and it was mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't e- an easy feat I think there's a way to accomplish that all and and yet you know hindsight being hindsight being what it is yet not having it be such a heavy ego forcing people to hate or dislike you know p- people I was I was brash I uh-huh. was blunt yeah I was really I was because he, here's how I looked at it I, I, there was a short period of time to accomplish a lot, and I wasn't acting on my behalf. I knew the goals of the crafts, and I really, I really did everything in my power to accomplish their goals.
0: Well, and you were doing it, and arguably you were doing it the right way in that you, it sounds like you were really focusing on the successes of your team and making a big stink out of it, which genuinely motivates people. So, I mean, to your credit, that sounds like that was the intention. And then there were all these byproducts because of the avenues that you chose to do. Yeah,
1: I was in in my 30s. I think about it. (laughs) Okay, I was in my 30s. Yeah. And so I was, uh, you know, a young father. I hadn't really – I I never went to business school. I never had management training. Yeah. Never had any of that stuff. So yeah. you know, I, I grew up in the streets.
0: You really had to trust your instincts.
1: So so it was really again, I think I did more good them bad, but I'm mm-hmm. I would be remiss in saying that I didn't that I did not make mistakes. I made mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's the point of our book that we're writing. It's not just about, hey, look at Lou, he was great. Oh, look at Elizabeth, she did great things. No, it's no, Here's how we screwed up.
0: Yeah. Here's the that things was, we did wrong. Yeah. And without 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 even getting on that the you know, the train of like everyone was glorifying failure for a while there. And I think that was just because two thousand eight, two thousand nine happened and everybody failed and so they suddenly had to turn it into like, well, we won by because we failed. But it, honestly, that those ideas of thinking about about all the mistakes that we made during that time period end up like examining that and being willing to examine that ends up creating all of these other insights and other ways of, of looking at things that I think people learn from
1: more. Well, here's the here's the the fun part about it. The 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 bad, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the the journey that has brought me to where I am today you know, um as you know, I'm the CMO of Anodyne now and I'm working with them. Anodyne's benefiting from all of it. I had somebody say to me just yesterday, you were so even keeled during <laughs> disagreement. That that's a that is a huge victory for I, me.
0: I know. I need I would need to be on the GoPro for this.
1: Right? Yes. Can you believe someone said that to me? And and no. and they're right, by the way, they're right. I yeah. am I, I am, it, it's not only dramatically different uh-huh. than when I was with the Patriots,
0: uh-huh.
1: it is, I, I'm in a in a really like focused place mm-hmm. when it comes to disagreement, issues, problem, troubleshooting issues, problem, you know, you're throwing stuff at me left and right. And, and when I was at the team, I might explode and go crazy and tell people get lost let me tell you something. I am so cool under pressure. It's crazy. And I'm not I'm not I'm not patting myself on the back. I am absolutely have learned and evolved from where I used to be.
0: Yeah. Uh- <laughs> We just, come, we just get to fizz to sometimes, and I think it's funny. But well, I, you, I, it's, I totally trust. But I, that's I, a little I'm different. I'm hearing your story. Yeah, that's it a little is completely di- different. That's I, just I, why I'm laughing. I think,
1: I think it's different because it's not a company. Yes, of it's course. two people who are individuals yes. who I think are friends and respect each other. Yes. And, and sometimes, you know, like with, listen, when you're married, sometimes you get yes. into an argument. Yeah. yeah. And, and with your parents, you sometimes get, because... Yeah. That, that's, that's a testament different. to how kind of close we are. That's Not, right. I mean, even, though more... I,
0: even though I don't have the other phone number.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe if, if you stop trying to get me to take that test, I'll give you my phone.
0: Oh, my God. The funny, you know what? I've had so many people take the test since we've started this show, and everyone's like, this is great. And I can't tell you anything about the test until you take it. It's so good. It's the same company, Lou. It's the same organization that put out this book that I'm reading you these quotes from. Where I'm like, listen, their data is saying all of this stuff that you say. It is you're gonna you're gonna love it. All you're right? Gonna there's love no chance.
1: By the way, I, I, I'll give you this a ten percent chance now, but no chance before show twenty one. Oh my god!
0: It's like the Christmas present is that we can all <laughs> find out what's on what's on your results.
1: So, so Elizabeth, I, I've I've kind of. Like poured my soul out on the bad things that I've done and and some of the good things that there. Is there any stories or anything any things from a leadership perspective that you've learned that we haven't covered?
0: So yeah, of course. But this is tough because I haven't really worked for people. And I did not know for the first 10 to 15 years of my career. I, and this is hysterical right on the tail of the test thing, what my actual strengths were. And which is crazy because I've had mentors and I've had people, you know, come into my life and give me a lot of guidance in a one-on-one sort of way. And yet, I hadn't really identified what I am actually good at. And not knowing that really did not help me communicate with people who were managing me. And really made it difficult for me to figure out how to step into a management role. So one could obviously say, you know, if I didn't know that what I was good at, I also didn't know what my weaknesses are. But there's... There's a thing that happens as women, particularly, we're we're just socialized differently, where we're really, really trained to understand and internalize what all of our weaknesses are and to doubt. You know, I mean, feeling like you're a fraud, you know, like a fraud complex. We talk about this all the time. You know about this?
1: I know there's a lot of frauds out there, but yeah
0: I <laughs> but do you have you like you and this is one of those things, like just kind of like the sourdough, you know, you might not even know that a fraud complex is a really classic thing that women talk about a lot. that women it's it's a really it's women talk about this in business a lot, especially women who are in management. women, will suspect that they're good at something or will be in the public space and declare that they have authority about something and then they will go home and bite their nails and think I am lying to the world about what I'm good at that is that's a more classic typical um female way of approaching strengths
1: yeah I've never experienced that in my life yeah
0: <laughs> I <laughs> honestly I, I, I,
1: I'm, I know I'm, I, I'm not that way I mean I, and maybe it's maybe it's Again, maybe it's, it's, the privilege it's a privilege of being a, female a male. Thing. I, it is. It is. Right? It is. I mean, yeah, a...
0: and so, and that's why I was saying when we were when we started this episode, which will have aired a week ago, that. Um, I was like, this is the one that I've been I've been most worried about because um, because women have such a, a distinctly different experience in the world of their own knowledge of their own leadership. I mean, that's why I ended up going to women's college, right? When we were talking about Emily Dickinson, that's but, right. You know, the, you but and Fawn Leibowitz. Yeah, exactly. But that, but I went, but I even went to a women's college because I was having those problems, and so most of most of the issues that I had were so much about not being able to say what my strengths were and stand in that, which meant I would I would make decisions, and a lot of the time the decisions I were making I was making were were right, but I would have all kinds of self doubt, and that self doubt I think telegraphs to people in conversation. You know, you know, the funny
1: thing, the funny, we're talking about women and men and in in that position, and I say male privilege, and we know it's out there, right? But yeah, I I was really raised by three women
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and so it's 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 odd to me because all the women in my life uh, have certainty mm-hmm.
0: they're powerful
1: mm-hmm. and 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 they they would they they're like as blunt and straightforward as mm-hmm. as can be and mm-hmm. so I've always viewed women as being equally powerful to men and I you know and to, I I'm always that makes
0: you the exception though
1: it it it, does. it may it may i mean it does. I, I, I don't I, well, i'm, I'm not going to generalize says it does. but i i will <laughs> i okay that's fine i mean yeah. I, I, I'll,
0: I'll i'll be happy to be the person that says that that's i don't okay.
1: know any better because yeah. my grandmother was my grandmother Sarah, who lived on the first floor of my house was a strong figure in my life and my grandmother viola i mean my grandmother viola lost her husband when my father was 11 raised two kids sent my father to college the first in Brianna to go to college, I believe, and and you know my mother, you know my mother and father got divorced. Strong woman, my my sister, who's younger than me, I say you know she was involved in raising me too because she's a strong woman. Mm-hmm. So I I've lived with strong women my whole entire life, mm-hmm. and I I I don't understand. Uh, this may say wrong. I may say this wrong, but. I have a hard time understanding the whole aspect where, you know, people wouldn't think women are strong.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's weird. <laughs> that's great. But it's that's it's also it's weird because it's something that's so pervasive that women even think it about themselves. So yeah no
1: no I, it's obvious. Listen, yeah. it's all. I mean, you have to be you have your head in the on the in the sand yeah. to not, so not to no, see no, it, but this is But
0: thing, yeah. What
1: I, but what I'm saying is, I didn't experience that growing up. So imagine, uh, uh, an Italian kid in the '70s, right? With with two strong grandmothers, a strong mother, and a strong younger sister. And so I always just thought women didn't take any shit. Like, my, my, neither one of my grandmothers or my mother or my sister would take shit from anybody. Women, <laughs> men, animals, nobody. <laughs> right? Nobody. I, 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 so so that's well, all I I've experienced. Sp- yeah, and
0: I spent a lot of my career pissing people off by not by not taking their shit. And even kind of on a, a more scaled-down version, by poking holes in arguments or by saying what I thought or by being unafraid to be in charge. And one of the main ways that I personally tend to be in charge is in a relentless pursuit of the truth. So I am hardwired to not be good at playing nice and playing along. I, it's just not it's not part of my my personality. I need to know what's actually happening so I actually know how to behave. It took me forever to know that that's, that's just part of the way that I work. And if I tell people that as a leader, if I say, I'm I'm going to be clear with you, here are the things that I know for sure, here are the list of things that I do not know, but I'm committed to finding, finding those things out, then that's where I win trust and respect with the people that work for me and with the people who are my clients. That's what they love about me is my candor. I think that candor and the way the way you say things, the way one says something, I mean, we were even just talking about this with you at the Pats, right? You're walking down the hall yelling like, you know, so-and-so just sold a million bucks, blah, 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 blah. Like, in many ways, that's arguably fantastic leadership. Making a big stink about the wins for the people on your team is good leadership. But the way you say it might be the thing that ultimately creates the problem, My entire this might be like my journey, my spiritual journey for my whole life is like figuring out exactly how to say the exact thing that I mean so that it's not twisted or misunderstood in when I'm on a fact finding mission. A lot of the time it sounds like I'm on the attack. And so getting to the kernels of those things have has ultimately been the linchpin for my for my ability to lead groups, to take, take control of situations and to win people's trust. So that would be the thing that I would say to especially to any woman, especially because women who lead are often freaking out and having this kind of fraud complex. This is not the same for people who are maybe 18, 19, because the generation has switched again. But if you're in, if you're Gen X or older, it's, it, it's everybody. It's how we were raised.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it, society has really screwed people up because of how, you know, just the pecking order and, and, and how things, you know, everybody thinks that this is the way it's always been and, mm-hmm. and it never should be that way. It should, mm-hmm. It shouldn't be do things because it's always been that way. It should be do things because it's the right thing to do. Right. I want to I want to wrap things up before you get into all of the uh, the different things that we've learned from this show. I want to wrap it up with the with the story to kind of bring it full circle. Okay. I had I had left the patriots. I had started Trinity 1. I was out and uh waiting to meet a client and who's at the end of the bar but um, somebody who worked for Patriot Security, and so I walked up to him and I said hello, and he was a little hesitant, and and we start chatting, and and uh, um, you know, couple of couple of drinks later, and us chatting about, and he was no longer with the team, and I was no longer with the team, and we start a bits, and he's like, I always thought you were an asshole. <laughs> I thought you were the biggest prick around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He goes, you're a great guy. And I said to him, I started laughing. I go, I understand why you thought that. You weren't wrong in thinking that. But I really wasn't being me personally. I was being me, the CMO the of role. the Patriots as yeah, a role. Yeah. And I had a job to do and uh-huh. there was a lot of things to do. And I probably came across the wrong way and I probably came across being tougher than... Than I should have, mm-hmm. um, but you know, this is who I am, and, and we, we kind of chuckled over it. But I think that that's part of it. You you get into an organization, you get into a role, and you have to assume the role. Um, at least you think that,
0: right? And women and, just I I know you're going to wrap this up, but the point the point also is that women who step into that role that co- that fraud complex, the imposter syndrome that women have, it ends up making this entire different dynamic, which we don't have to unpack here sometime, but you should look it up. It would shock you.
1: Yeah, no, I, 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 it's because it's really weird to me in, in at the Patriots, especially the, the person who was my right-hand person was Jen Farron and very strong, and powerful woman. And then at Trinity one, it was, it was Kelly, Uh, downing very strong and powerful woman and you know there was i've i've already surround myself with very strong powerful women because i really didn't look at them like they were women per se i just look at them as they were powerful and strong yeah and so i i that's i don't know i i think um it's going in the right direction when it comes to leadership and gender yeah but I think we're not not only we're we not there yet, mm-hmm. I think we've probably gone too far in certain areas and got to reel it back.
0: It's certainly it's certainly changed specifically. Yeah, we can get into that at, at another time and I will wrap this up for you. But I have loved this conversation.
1: It was a it was a very nice, a very nice show, a couple of shows that we've done on leadership. And, uh, um, you know, Elizabeth, let me say this, I I. You and I are very, very different, and, and we don't always see eye to eye, and, and, and there's probably times I've been rough on you and there's been times you've been rough on me, but I think at the end of the day, um, not only do we have respect for each other, but I, I, I do believe we, we, are, we, we gel pretty good.
0: We do. I love it.
1: So let's keep going. Here's let's to keep the 21st episode. And, 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 and yeah, well, I, I didn't make a promise. I just said not before.
0: <laughs> not before. Great. All, All right, right, let me to, wrap it up for us. Wrap it up for us. Okay. Okay, at this point, we all know that I'm obsessed with the Clifton Strengths assessment. And I kicked off the second half of our conversation from last week by sharing some of the info from a book by Jim Clifton himself called It's the Manager, in which I'd found data that underscores the conversation about leadership we've been having this week. One, it's an empirical fact that a full 70% of variance in team performance is an outcome of the quality of the manager. It's leadership. So if things aren't going so well, it's highly likely that it's the boss. Two, we're always talking about how to grow your business and the idea that you should be mining your existing customers is the go-to. In fact, most large companies' growth strategies have been to just buy their competitors and to grow by absorption. Eventually, you're going to have to grow with the market share you have by actually serving your customer. So get in the habit of leading around principles that help you do exactly that. Now, a lot of today's episode was about the hallmark of bad leadership behavior. Bad leaders display anger and jealousy when their employees take credit for company success. They bully their employees and take actions to remind those employees who's boss, which is a drag. In that regard, it's so important to keep your ego in check. There's no room to take out your bad ego energy on someone who doesn't have the leverage in his or her role that you have in yours. In fact, great leaders explicitly tell the people who work with them when they're allowed to break the rules. You'll have problems if your employees aren't trusted to make decisions and judgment calls. But there's a workaround. You tell them when they're allowed to make exceptions and then have them alert you immediately when they do so. On the flip side, when push comes to shove, you need to have the nerve to draw a line in the sand about what's acceptable and what's not. As I think about Lou's story about sending an employee home ahead of the Super Bowl, which was awful, it seems worth noting that he had that flight purchased ahead of time and ahead of telling the employee that he was leaving. Yeah, of course, some of that is because buying flights early is useful. But the other perspective is that having had that ticket purchased made it much harder to reverse his decision. If you're somebody who has a hard time with lines in the sand or you're a bit of a bleeding heart, you might wanna build in mechanisms like that that make it more costly for yourself to reverse course. Remember, you're not representing yourself when you make those decisions. You personally can feel bad about it. That's fine, you're human. But when you make tough choices, you're representing your organization and that has to come first when you're wearing that hat. Similarly, when you're friends with people on your team, things can get dangerous. You have to make sure that you know how to bring down the hammer if and when that needs to happen. And what you risk when you're friends with the team is the potential of not being taken seriously. If you don't have authority when the rubber meets the road, you're toast. You lose control, accountability, and general momentum. We also talked a little bit about tribalism, which isn't as pervasive in corporate culture right now as it is in the U.S. itself. We all know how easy it is for tribalism to turn into extreme, destructively, completely competitive behavior. So be very wary when encouraging tribalism and internal competition as your chosen mechanism for pushing your company performance forward. When competition is an understood part of your business, you might be able to make that work internally without negative ramifications. Like if you're working for a sports team. But that approach might not resonate if the majority of your team are people in their 20s and 30s. They just think differently. Make sure you think differently of the difference between your expansive leadership and your pocket leadership. If you're making a big stink about your team, that's great, especially when you're in exceptional circumstances and you're trying to make big things happen quickly. People love to get cheered on. It's great for getting things moving in your department, but how it plays out in the larger organization can create risk. That you might not intend. I also couldn't let this episode go without mentioning fraud complexes and imposter syndrome, particularly for women. One of the reasons I stump for Clifton Strengths is because you get results in black and white about what your natural talents are and what you should absolutely throw yourself behind. You don't have to rely on your ego when you've got data telling you what you're great at in your leadership role. And as a woman, you really want clarity on what you're good at, why you're there, and how to defend your perspectives and decisions. You're going to struggle otherwise. Do anything you can to feel secure and decisive as soon as possible and find outside resources that you can trust no matter what.
1: You know, I really want to talk about leadership some more and, and other shows. I mean not next week or the week after, but I think there's so much more that we could talk about and and uh and bring to the table and help people out and, and I, I like to think that it's not only the, the successes but the, the failures that will help people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I got so much more that I can I can bring to you, but we'll wait.
1: Well, until then, ciao for now. Lisa. Hey, ciao
0: for now. The King and Lou is a production of Elizabeth King Coaching and IE International. Special thanks to Red Smudgeon and Emily Monroe. And extra special thanks to our sound engineer, Michael Weissman, for not only editing this show, but also writing and performing our theme music. If you have a question you'd like us to discuss on the show, send it in a voice memo to questions at thekingandloo.com. Thanks so much for listening. Ciao for now.